Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? This is Cheston for the Cheston Podcast. We are now about to go into pop culture topics for the week of August 22nd to August 28th. All right. So for Monday, August 22nd, Nicki Minaj's Super Freaky Girl debuted at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> Big congrats to Nicki Minaj. I am the biggest Nicki Minaj fan. I love her. Um, I'm not to the point where I will go hunting down anybody for her, but I'm at the point where you will not say anything that's incorrect and not true about her in front of me, so I will correct you on anything factual, but this is a big deal because, first of all, this is her first number one song to debut. Well, I mean, technically, this is her third number one song, but this is her first number one solo song, and... I see a lot of people saying that she's been in the game for 15 plus years. And I I mean, technically, they're counting by the first mixtape that she released, which was in 2007. So it may, so I mean, 2007 to now, that's obviously 15 years. But I go off of her first studio album, which is Pink Friday, which came out back in 2010. So I'm going to say... You know, I, that's where I start from. So 12 plus years in the game, in rap, and she scores an, a solo number one. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Because the lifespan of a female rap artist, it, they don't even make it to 10. Well, I, I, Okay, I'll say they won't even make it to 8. They don't even make it to 8 years in the game. Um, now this is I'm saying consistently with music, consistently making music, consist consistently charting on the Billboard Hot 100. I'm not speaking about movies and um, everything else other than the actual music. No, I'm talking about the actual music. So for Nicki Minaj to get a number one song, 12 plus years. As a female rapper in the game, it's unheard of, honestly. And big congrats to her, like I said again. Um, this makes this, uh, she's the first solo female rap song. Uh, okay, hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> this makes, for Nicki Minaj, this makes, the, uh, um, this record is actually the first uh, solo female rap song this century uh, to debut at number one. And only her and Lauryn Hill are the only female rappers to have a solo song debut at number one. That's a pretty big freaking deal. And I mean, yes, there's others. There's other females. There's plenty of female rappers out. But I'm going off of the year, this year, the year of 2022. And Nicki Minaj is the only female rapper to have charted um, in the top 10. And that, that says a lot, you know, compared to... I'm, I'm not trying to compare it to these other girls because I know these other girls are doing their own thing and they're trying to do their own thing um but i hear a lot of people saying oh that song super freaky girl's not even that good and all she does is talk about you know uh explicit stuff her her vagina you know her parts and i have to disagree with that um Nicki minaj has talked about everything under the sun but I don't think it's bad i mean yes okay this song is the super freaky girl is not the most um lyrically deep song it is a catchy you know kind of you know i'm gonna say even leaning towards pop it's a little pop hit record that um i know for a fact if you're in a club and you're listening to it you're gonna dance you're gonna move because i've i've heard well i haven't even heard i've never been i you know i haven't been in a club to hear it but i you know i can't wait to hear it though but anyways that's a whole different point but 
I'm just saying that from what I've heard, I've seen people at the club on social media. Well, I, like I've seen them. No, I, I've watched clips, videos of people at the club on social media, like on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. That's like my number one social media platform. That's the only place I feel like you can get information in real time, but that's another story. So anyways, um, I've heard, I've seen videos of people at the club hearing the song Super Freaky Girl, and it sounds great on a system. The bass, everything, the production, it sounds amazing. So it's a very catchy, club-friendly song. It's a, it's a radio hit, and that's what it's, it was supposed to be. And why not, you know? Um, this is going to be her fifth album coming out. So why not have, you know, why not go back to, you know, what, what made her successful in the first place? The thing that makes Nicki Minaj successful in the first place is that she can rap on any beat. She can rap on any beat. She can do, and it's not the same flow. It's a different flow. She, she's versatile. I don't feel any of these female rappers today have the versatility that Nicki Minaj has. And they try. And, you know, the closest I would say probably Doja Cat. But even then, she's coming up short when you're comparing to Nicki Minaj's work. But anyways, like I said, it's a big a big deal for Nicki Minaj. 12 plus years in the game. Congrats. You deserve it. You should have been had a number one. You know, but we're not going to get into that because you know there's a lot of industry politics and a lot of industry people that don't really care for Nicki Minaj. And if you're paying attention... It's obvious. People don't have to say it, but it's it's obvious when you're like, you can see it, you know, unless you're oblivious to it. But you can definitely tell that, you know, Nicki Minaj is not, for a female rapper, she's not supposed to have the success that she has. And it irritates and bothers a lot of people in the industry. And that's a fact. That's that's 100% a fact. Um, but anyways, moving on to other things. Rolling Stone UK dubs Harry Styles the new king of pop. <laughs> that I have to laugh at that because you can't you can't replace the original king of pop. No one will ever top the original king of pop, and that is the only Michael Jackson. Um, you know. I, you know, okay. So anyways, continuing with the story, Michael Jackson's nephew, he tweeted um, a response to, you know, Rolling Stone UK saying, you know, dubbing Harry Styles as the new king of pop. He basically said, the, que- the tweet says, there is no new king of pop. You don't own the title, Rolling Stone, and didn't earn it. And didn't earn it. My uncle did. Decades of dedication and sacrifice. The title has been retired. No disrespect to Harry Styles. He's mega talented. Give him his own unique title. Agreed. Agreed. Um, there are no... I grew up... Okay. Okay. Well, how can I say that? I'm trying to figure out. There's so many words coming to my mind at once. But okay. I grew up in a time... I'm an 80s baby. Late 80s baby. I was born in 86... So I, you know, from the early, really, I don't remember any of the last four years of the 80s, but I, from like 90, 91, 92, I remember everything. And that's the time I've, you know, was brought up in pop culture and music and, you know, everything like that. And I, all I can tell you, excuse me, I'm sorry. All I can tell you is that 
compared, you know, for 2022 artists, these, these Generation Z artists that are coming out, unfortunately, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, I'm not a hater, but we don't have no many. We don't have, I, I was going to say many. I'm going to say any. <laughs> Change many to any. We don't have any. I haven't seen anybody with the with the, the spark or the um, the hunger that Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Prince had. Um, it really stops at my class, the, millenn- the millennials. I'm a millennial, and it, it really starts stops at my class. Um, the people that actually worked on their craft and mastered it and got better at it. Um, and that's with Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. Beyonce, Usher, those are like the last real um, mega superstars. We don't have no mega celebrities anymore or anybody with that mystique or mystery, that je ne sais quoi, that makes you want to get to know who they are. Now it's all about chart manipulation, sorry, chart manipulation and social media. That's really how we're finding our celebrities now it's not even they're they're not even celebrities i'm gonna call them influencers because of the followers that they have which i'm not even gonna get into that but because of the followers that they have people are noticing that you know they have these followers so these companies these corporations are reaching out to these people and putting them in movies and giving them record deals because they feel like oh they have you know, the following on, you know, the social media platforms, hopefully that can translate into sales, which is not the case at all. First of all, a big thing I'm noticing is that these Gen Z kids, you guys, nobody's buying the the music. You're not supporting the artist. Okay. Streaming the album is supporting the artist. So that is a one way of supporting artists, but artists make pennies on the dollar with streams. You know, it's not the same when you're you're actually buying the physical copy for the art, the, you know, the artist. And, and I think probably I, but I can't, you know, as far they said, vinyl sales have gone up. So obviously that has to be Gen Z because <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing other generations buy vinyls now. I mean, it's like it's came. It's like a full circle moment. It's, it's came, you know, it's back in. So everybody wants a vinyl now. I don't have one. I don't see the purpose of having one. Um, you know, vinyls, you can't skip a song. You have to literally let the whole record play. And, and there's very few CDs, albums, for me, that I can do that with. So most of the CDs, <laughs> most of them, I skip. So I don't think a vinyl would help me. Unless, you know, it was like one of the... Like a vinyl, I would probably buy honestly Beyonce Renaissance. That song, that I mean, that song, that album has been non stop. I mean, even though it just came out a month ago, it came out July 29th. So, you know, it, it, like any new album, you play it over and over again. But I'm just saying, if I were to think about getting a vinyl, that's the vinyl I would be getting because I love that whole complete album. But that's a whole nother thing. Moving on to the next topic. LA Times prints a list of celebrities accused of California drought restriction violations. Okay. I thought this was interesting and I thought this would be a good thing to discuss because it, you know, it it, it deals with climate. It deals with, you know, our planet. First of all, before I even begin, this summer was the hottest summer everywhere. 
and I know you felt it because I felt it. I felt it here. I'm in Texas. Felt it here in, in Texas. And let me tell you, this was the hottest summer I've ever experienced in my life. It was crazy. Like, I'm like, where did this heat come from? But come to find out, the whole planet, the month of July, this past summer that just passed, the whole planet experienced the hottest summer that it's ever had. So I'm just saying it all ties, you know, global warming, it's real, climate change is real, and we all need to come together and do something about it. But like I was saying, at least times... Uh, they pr- they printed a list of celebrities who basically have been violating the drought uh, restrictions in California because um, Southern California is currently struggling with their third year of punishing drought and unprecedented water restrictions. Okay, so among more than two thousand customers um, were issued notices of exceedance. Um, basically, they had surpassed one hundred and fifty percent of their monthly water budgets. Um, so I guess because of the drought out there, they give you a a certain amount of water you can use and more than 2000 customers obviously have gone over the, um, the limit that was given to them. So those 2000 customers, now their properties are now subject to installation of flow restrictor devices. So basically these devices, um, they reduce, uh, reduce showers to a trickle and they saw um, they silence lawn sprinklers. So basically, they're putting devices on these homes in um, California to y- monitor the you know the mo- the water usage. Because once again, like I said pre you know earlier that Southern California is currently you know struggling with their third year of um, a drought, which is horrible. Ooh, I hope they get some some rain out there. But anyways, um, so. Out of those 2,000 customers, they did let us know who, you know, the properties of the the rich and famous were that, you know, violated this, uh, that surpassed the uh, monthly water budget. And they, man, they're not holding back. They So the celebrities who received a notice, uh, we have Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. I'm shocked because Gabrielle Union, she seems like she's very much in tune with the climate change and stuff like that. But anyways... Uh, so Sylvester Stallone, Kim Kardashian, Court Courtney Kardashian, um, and Kevin Hart. Those were the names that were dropped on that list. And I don't know. Um, you probably heard it somewhere. I probably saw it somewhere. Like probably a month ago. I'll probably say in June or July they released a list of um, like private jet missions, like who's flying their private jet and who's you know who's you know basically. Uh, putting more carbon into the atmosphere and um, basically it's not helping it's just making the earth the planet hotter and it's going to make temperatures and go up and they're only going to go up and it's only going to get worse to where humans probably can't even you know handle the heat that's going to be on this planet so we really need to be mindful of all the resources and I'm glad LL Times, LL, I'm sorry, LA Times is, you know, printing these things because we need to make these people accountable. Not, I mean, not saying because they're rich, we have to, you know, water, but anything, you know, I think it's fair, especially for if, if California is going through a damn, you know, a drought, 
yeah, definitely print those. We need those names of the people that are still you know, that are going over a hundred percent, a hundred fifty percent over the monthly water budget. Oh, I hope it gets better. I really do. I hope we figure out a way because they're saying the pace we're going, um, we probably won't. You know, we probably will have harsh living conditions by 2030, and that's only eight years from now. So that's not a lot of time. So, but yeah, I think this is great. We need to continue printing these lists, letting us know, you know, putting it out there that these are the, you know, these are the rich and famous that are not, you know, helping with global warming, you know. Um, I think, you know, continue just putting the spotlight on them, you know, making them, um, accountable and answer you know and actually help with the problem rather than because they can afford to live in excess you know continue to um, use excess excesses amount of water for ex for example when we shouldn't even be using the water because there's a damn drought it's only making things worse but anyways moving on all right, so Variety reports that House of Dragon, the premiere, it drawed in nearly 10 million viewers. It's the biggest HBO series premiere ever. The highest uh, viewed, most viewed, okay? And the actual numbers were 9.99 million viewers uh, tuned in, viewers tuned in for the one, the premiere of the first episode. And... Um, the previous record was held by Game of Thrones back in 2011. The premiere of um, one of the seasons was back in 2011, and it had over 4 million uh, viewers. That was previously the most viewed. Um, and after that, it was Euphoria. But now, uh, <laughs> House, of, House of the Dragon came in and killed it. It is like the... I it, You know, it, it's probably going to do... In my opinion, I think the reason why so many people are tuned in for House of the Dragon is because they weren't people. A lot of people weren't feeling the ending to Game of Thrones, and even me, man. I it just made me mad that you guys built up this character, Daenerys Khaleesi. You know, she's like everybody loves the mother of dragons, Khaleesi. You built this character up, and you showed her just being this great human being in person, and and you know trying to change ways, and then you just. You, you you destroy all that by making her look crazy in the in you know in the last season making her look like she lost her mind and she needs to be stopped wrong honestly i feel like she should have been crowned queen she should have took the the throne and that was the end of the story but that's not what happened so after all the you know well i was one of the 9.99 million viewer, uh, viewers that tuned into the first episode. And let me tell you, I mean, it was a little slow. I'm not going to lie to you. But I know for the first episode of any series, it's always slow. You know, or well, sometimes it's not. They try to, you know, they grab you right with the first episode. But I knew that with this first episode that we were getting, I mean, if you did watch, you saw that there was some references to Game of Thrones in there. So it was kind of like, okay, I can see the connection. You can connect the dots. You're like, okay, so this is how... Because House of the Dragon, not trying to... No spoiler, spoiler alerts for anybody out there, but House of the Dragon is set 200 years. Not even 200 years. So like 170 years, 180 years, 190 years. One of them. Close to 200 years before 
Game of Thrones. So it's the prequel. It's it's before all that went down. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it's gonna go. Um, I did. I have not read the books. The books are like really, really um, thick. So no, I have not read the book, but I have read Cliff Notes, and I am excited about what's gonna come for House of the Dragon. But because of so many viewers tuned in for the first episode, House of the Dragon has already been renewed for the second season, which is like a no-brainer, you know. That I could have told you that was going to happen. I can easily see the show having eight seasons, like you know, Game of Thrones. I could see it, you know, lasting that long because you could just tell, even with the first episode, that there's going to be so much, so much detail, so many things that you need to pay attention to that lead up, excuse me, I'm sorry, that lead up to where the story is going. So I'm really excited. It's a great show. I'm going to continue watching. Sunday nights are dedicated to the House of Dragon. Hands down. All right. So moving on. People magazine reports Hillary Clinton and Kim Kardashian have a new documentary series titled Gutsy with Chelsea Clinton coming to Apple Plus TV. Well, Apple TV Plus. Um, okay. That's exciting. And it says here that um, the series is based on the 2019 best-selling book, The Book of Gutsy Women. Um, that was written by Hillary Clinton and her daughter, Chelsea Clinton. Basically, the docuseries is a contest of legal knowledge between Hillary Clinton and Kim Kardashian. So this is OK. All right. I see where this is going. I'm not going to say yet, but let me continue the story. I see where this is going. So uh, (laughs) the series has no interviews with um, Kim. Okay, the series has no interviews with Kim about fashion, lines of um, commerce, or personal life. Um, The series is all about what she's doing to help get people who were unjustly or unfairly incarcerated have a second chance. Okay, so it's all about this. This docuseries is all about what is Kim doing to help, you know, what and, and does she, you know, and is she on it? Basically, like, is she does she know her stuff? Well, in the series, after a round of questions on the use of deadly force, the difference between extortion and robbery, and when a claim of self defense is permissible, Kim beat Hillary eleven to four. That's that. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say that's huge because obviously Kim just passed her, you know, bar exam, you know, so she's been studying. So she's her head's in the law books. Hillary Clinton got her, you know, got her stuff, got you know all that situated years before it probably before Kim was even born. Um, Hillary Clinton was, you know getting her you know passing the bar and all that stuff so um so it's not a shocker that kim would know more knowledge that 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 i don't think that makes her smarter i just think because she's you know been currently reading it it's more fresh in her brain than it would be in hillary's hillary has so much knowledge she's done this for years decades you know of law and all that so she I don't think it may, it look, makes her look bad that Kim beat her at all. If anything, it's setting Kim up 
and I'm gonna say it. I don't want to, you know, <laughs> I should just knock on wood, but I, you know, I'm not trying to make you know anything, you know, jinx anything. But I could see Kim running for president of this country in the future. Easily, I could see it happening. I could see how she's gonna spin everything that she's done publicly into a positive narrative and run for president in the future. I could see it. I call it. So. If she does, you heard it here first. But anyways, the series premieres on Apple TV Plus on September 9th, okay? Um, next story, Barbie Ferreira exits uh, third season of HBO's Euphoria. Okay, for those, if you do watch Euphoria, which is like one of the craziest shows that has came out in the 2000s. The late 2020s, well, I mean, not the late 2020s, but that has came out in the 2020s is Euphoria. And um, great show. Love that show. But anybody that uh, probably doesn't know Barbie um, by her real name, she's the character Cat. And Cat um, is like... For me, in my opinion, she's a pivotal character because she's in the middle of Maddie and Cassie's drama. So how are we going to just, you know, write her out the story? Like, how is she not going to be in next season? But, okay, we'll see how they do this. Um, now, reports are saying, allegedly, she was let go. Um, she, she left the show because she, her and the creator were bumping heads. And, uh Oh, that sucks. Well, I'm sure she had to do what was best for her. So, um, but it's gonna really suck to to not have Cat in um, next season's Euphoria because I really wanted to see how she was gonna help that situation between um, Cassie and Maddie. But we'll see. Um, but good luck to her, and I hope she finds more work. Okay, moving on to the next story. Vanessa Bryant awarded $16 million over crash, for, um, crash photos taken. Uh, People magazine reports. All right, so if you guys have been, uh, no, uh, if you have seen or heard, you probably have seen or heard, um, Vanessa tr uh, Bryant went to trial. It began on August 10th, and the jury found L.A. County Sheriff Department and Fire Department um, guilty. Uh, they did share photos of the bodies of Kobe Bryant and their daughter. And, and other victims of the crash. Did not even know that. Just saw that. Um, so, I guess the... Um, L.A. County Sheriff Department and Fire Department were sharing photos of all, you know, all the dead bodies at the crash, which is so weird. Why would you do that? But OK, so they were found guilty. Vanessa Bryant won and L.A. Sheriff Department um, has been ordered to pay 10 million and um, L.A. Fire Department has been ordered to pay 16 million. And this was all. Uh, the judgment was made on August 24th. So, yeah, congrats to her, you know. Well-deserved. People should not be sharing. I don't care if you're famous. 
your your photos of your death should not be shared or sold you know but that's the culture we live in now so i'm, I'm not shocked but um, i'm happy that she did win and she deserves it and she's um she went on to say vanessa bryant went on to say that she's gonna donate the money it's not like she needs it but she's gonna donate the money to charity so you go girl show these people you're not playing about your man and your daughter passing i think anybody um would understand that so you know um prayers up for vanessa bryant all right, moving on. So we have Britney Spears and Elton John um, collab that just released Hold Me Closer. Uh, okay, so it's currently number one on worldwide iTunes. So meaning it's like number one everywhere. Everybody's listening to the song. Everybody loves the song. I think everybody's just happy that Britney's back and she's doing what we, you know, what we know her for. She's making music, pop music again. Um, I heard the song. Not too crazy about the song. I love Britney Spears. I will always love Britney Spears. Britney Spears is my girl. But not too crazy about the song. And I think the reason why I don't like the song is because it's it's a remake. It's a it's an Elton John song that she's, you know, singing over. So uh I think because it's an old song, I'm not feeling it. But I know if she put out some new material, oh yeah. I'm ready for Britney Spears music. I'm ready for new Britney Spears music because I know that she has so much she wants to say, she has so much she wants to share, she has so much she wants to express, and Britney Spears is a phenomenal, as far as her um, body of work, you know, her albums, and what she's contributed to pop music, Britney Spears is like, she knows what to do with pop music, I don't know how to say it, but she just she knows what she's doing when she's making pop music, and that's why I'm excited. I'm excited because I already know that when she puts out new music, it's going to be awesome. But I am happy and I'm very, you know, um, proud of her for, you know, putting out this single. You know, it's the first step. It's getting back out there. You know, um, Elton John reported that she did not even want to sing no more. She was done. She was so, you know, beat, beaten down and, you know, just low self-esteem about who she is as a star, which is crazy to me because you're Britney fucking Spears. Like, y'all can say whatever you want about Britney. Y'all can say she don't sing. She don't, you know, she can't sing. Da, 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 da. I don't want to hear it. Britney Spears is iconic. Iconic. She's given the, she, she's given the best music videos, given the best MTV VMA performances. One of the best. I won't say the best, but, what, you know, she's up there. She's up in the top five. Like, stop. Like, she's she's put in the work. And Britney Spears, she's she's a legend, a living legend, baby. You can't you can't erase what she's achieved. Honey sold 1.3 million copies at the age of 16, 17. What pop star you know is doing it? She broke the Neil Scan record back in 2001. 2000? No, 2000. It was 2004. Oops, I did it again. That album sold 1.3 million copies in the first week. What 16, 17-year-old pop star you know is selling a million copies in a week? That's a big deal, you know? Just saying. You can't erase what she's done. So I'm just excited for new music. Can't wait. And um, 
I, I do, uh, as far as the collaboration, do I think it will go number one? We'll see. I mean, there's so many uh, songs right now on the Hot 100 that is just like at number one. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if that song can go to number one. But I, I can see it. I can see it being in the top ten. I mean, it's number one everywhere right now on iTunes all around the world. So we'll see. We'll keep it, um, watching on the chart position of that song. But I just I'm happy that she's back. I'm happy that she's getting back to, you know, being in the flow of uh, whatever normal is for her. You know, so I'm just glad that she's putting herself back out there and she's just she's living on her own terms. Congrats, Brittany. OK. Uh, next news, Nicki Minaj releases compilation album, Queen Radio Volume 1. Oh my gosh. Oh man. I didn't realize how many hits Nicki Minaj has until I got this album, you know. I was looking at the track list and, you know, I was thinking I knew what was going to be on the track list. But there was so many songs on there that she put on there that I didn't even know that she was going to put on there. And a lot of them, they're not even like single hits a lot of them are just songs like a song that wasn't like okay for example roman roman reloaded roman reloaded was never a single for pink friday that song was not a single for pink friday that song is a fan favorite it, it's gotten so much hype like everybody knows that song you know the rah rah like a dungeon dragon you everybody knows that song i've heard that song so she has songs like that, songs that, you know, that she knows may have not been a single off any of the albums, but definitely um, was a hit with the fan base. It definitely, you know, was was a buzz track that everybody was talking about. So, you know, definitely a smart move, smart move, especially with um, getting the, the Vanguard Award. Also, she was announced that she's getting the Video Vanguard Award at the MTV, uh, the 2022 MTV uh, Video Music Awards. So it's, it's perfect timing. Perfect timing to put out a greatest hits compilation album before you're getting this big prestigious award looking back on all the, um, all the videos you've made over your career. So... Smart move, smart move, Nikki. And it's just going to make, because Super Freaky Girl is on the album, so it's just going to make Super Freaky Girl chart even longer. So she, she's make, she's playing chess this time around, not checkers. That's all I'm going to say. So moving on to the next topic, Billboard just ahead of the 2022 VMAs, now that we're, we're transitioning into that. Uh, Billboard ranks the 22 best VMA performances of all time. How do you do that? How do you rank 22 and how do you rank any of the performances because all the performance all the performers don't give the same thing. So like how do you rank a rock group, you know, a rock performance, a rap performance, a pop star's performance, an R&B performance? Like how do you rank those all together? How do you compare those all together when they give different things? You know, different elements. But anyways, this is their list. I didn't have time for the 22, so I just chopped it down to the top 10 because that's all that matters. Anybody, you know, everybody cares. I don't, people only care about the top 10. So anyways, the top 10 performances per Billboard, the best performances, MTV VMA performance, the best MTV Video Music Award performances, okay, according to Billboard. Number 10 is Puff Daddy, Sting, 
Faith Evans in 112, I'll Be Missing You from the 1997 awards show. I do remember that performance. I saw that performance. And that was right after um, Biggie, uh, Notorious B.I.G., died. And Puff went out there dancing, uh, you know, to the sad music. And everybody was wearing white. It was beautiful. It was like more of a... At that time, I do remember watching the performance because it was like a, a memorial for um, Biggie. And, and, you know, the performance was for him, you know. And um, I do remember that performance. That was a good performance. Yeah, that was a good one. Number nine is Eminem, The Real Slim Shady, The Way I Am, 2000. I remember that performance. Saw that performance. That's when all the the Eminem lookalikes were all in the street. And he was like walking down the street, you know, rapping and stuff. In front of the camera, that was that was a good performance. Great performance. Uh, number eight, Beyonce Love on Top, 2011. I remember that. That's when she dropped the mic at the end and showed off her baby bump. <laughs> that was an iconic moment. Um, I do remember that moment. That was a good moment. That was a great moment for her to even announce her pregnancy. Because if you remember on the red carpet, she was wearing like this flowy dress where you couldn't really tell if she was pregnant or not. But... When she was on that stage and she was pregnant and she unbuttoned that like that tuxedo jacket that she had on and she turned to the side and grabbed her stomach, I do remember screaming. I was like, oh my God, Brittany, you know, Brittany, Beyonce, sorry. Beyonce is pregnant. Oh my God. Yeah. Big deal. All right. So number seven is Missy Elliott's um, Vanguard medley that was done in 2019 um, is the number seven best performance. I disagree with that. I feel like there are other performances that could have been in that place. And um, I've seen Missy Elliott perform on the MTV Video Music Awards before, but it wasn't by herself. Um, the better performance to me with Missy Elliott in it was when Little Kim, Left Eye, The Brat, Angie Martinez, and Missy Elliott performed Not Tonight, Ladies Night at the 1997 MTV Awards. Very good performance. Great performance. Um, I don't know why. Just to let you know, that performance is not on the list at all. It's not even on the 22 performances, which is crazy to me because that was a good performance. <laughs> it, it had so many different female rappers, so many different personalities, and, and it showed you by the way they dressed. It, you guys really lost that one, Billboard. I'm, I disagree with that one, number seven. Uh, number six, Britney Spears, I'm a Slave for You, 2001. Uh, disagree with this one, too, because I feel like her other performances were better than this one. Um, the 2000 performance where she did the uh, Oops, I Did It Again, I Get No Satisfaction, that one should have been right here. Um, that moment, I mean, not saying that the 2001 I'm a Slave for You performance was bad, because it wasn't. But it, it wasn't as, uh, it didn't give you the shock value like the 2000 performance did. Because when Britney came out in that suit, baby, and she ripped it off and had that sequence bodysuit on underneath, iconic. Iconic. And that was like the only performance you, you really remember from that show, 2000, to be honest with you. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, do I remember any other performances? But no, I don't. Uh... So, yeah, you guys could have replaced it with that performance. Number five, Lady Gaga Paparazzi, 2009. Agreed. Not changing it. Definitely a top five performance. The girl was playing the piano and singing live with the mic on. like And doing choreography. 
and had a dramatic like it had a like a whole story and drama and it. it was a good performance great performance definitely deserves to be in the top five agreed lady gaga paparazzi 2009 awesome number four beyonce lemonade medley 2016 i love beyonce love all her vma performances disagree with this one this could have been replaced with uh either i'm gonna say either her um there's there's two beyonce vma performances that stick out in my head out of all the ones she's, she's done like a lot but there's two her very first one as a solo artist uh that was in 2003 i want to say the 2003 vmas where she did uh crazy in love that was a great performance she came down from the freaking ceiling nobody does that you've never seen a performance like that where the artist is coming down the freaking ceiling um or you could do the um her vanguard medley that she got in 2014 at the M mtv maze that's when she performed the self-titled album uh she did the whole self-titled album when she was getting her vanguard award that performance to me was better than the lemonade medley not saying taking anything from the lemonade medley it was good but there was a lot going on with the lemonade medley it was everywhere not saying you know not not saying it was everywhere like it wasn't planned it was planned and, you know, she executed it, but there was just so much in the performance. Um, but, yeah, th that's the only critique I have with that. But Beyonce definitely does another one that deserves a top four, probably top three um, performers of uh, the Bill, I mean, sorry, the um, VMA performances of all time. Uh, number three, Bon Jovi living on a prayer, wanted dead alive, dead or alive, 1989. Uh, did not see that award show. Don't remember that award show. I know who Bon Jovi is. I did I did get on YouTube and I did look at the performance because I wanted to see why is this performance number three? You know, out of all the performances, this man was sitting on a stool playing a guitar acoustically and singing. Nothing wrong with it. Very talented. Is it a top three performance? No. Is it even a top ten performance? No. I wouldn't even give him a top 20. So I'm just lost how y'all gave that to Bon Jovi. He wasn't, there was nothing special about the performance. For me, if you're going to do this list, we have to do, like, what made your performance stand out? What, what made your performance the most, they should have did, like, the most talked about performances from every year. Like, what performance did media networks uh, talk about the most? That's how they should have done it. But... Obviously, they didn't. This is like, a, you know, these are some, oh, you know, I love Bon Jovi, so let me put him at number three. Wrong. Should not be number three. That could have been given to somebody else, but I, I'm, hell, Beyonce, Britney Spears, I don't care. But anyways, moving on. The number two performance is Michael Jackson. It's his Vanguard medley in 1995 when he got his um, Vanguard award. I saw that on YouTube. I had to refresh myself. I did see it because I, I couldn't remember if I did see it when I was little, but I did remember seeing it when I was little because that's the night when he had that, um, he had like the, the the silver sunglasses, like the silver shades, and he had like the, the short haircut. Like his hair was coming down to his like his ears, like probably like above his, his ear, the top, the top part of his ear. And he um, had like a, a plastic, shiny, 
not plastic shiny, but like um, a shiny leather, black, like uh, patent leather jacket on. And he was hugging Janet Jackson. That, I remember that. And that's what he did his medley of all his hits and stuff. And that was a great performance. Definitely believe that should have been number one. Nobody does it like man, Michael Jackson. Nobody performs like Michael Jackson. Definitely should have been number one. Hands down. For me, the number one um, best VMA perform MTV VMA performance of all time. Uh, but number one, according to Billboard, is Madonna, Vogue, 1990. I did see that performance. Did love that performance. Do I think that performance was better than Michael Jackson's? No. But... I'm going to say they gave it to Madonna because um, it had more character and there was a theme and she was dressed as, you know, they did like an 1800s theme. If anybody's seen that performance or remembers it, uh, she was dressed as Marie Antoinette and everybody was all, you know, dressing around, you know, they had the, the 1800s attire on and stuff. Um, that was a good performance. I do remember that performance. I definitely agree. That that performance should be in the top five. Number one, no. That should go to Michael Jackson. <clears throat> um, some honorable mentions from the list that I saw was uh, number 21, Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande, um, Rain On Me, when they did that in uh, 2020 or the 2020 VMAs. Number 19 was the Oops, I Did It Again uh, performance by Britney Spears um, from the VMA Awards show 2000. So wrong. That should have been in the top five, hands down. Uh, number 17, Madonna, Like a Virgin performance. Yeah, I saw that one. Uh, 1980, uh, that was back in 1984. Number 12, Chris Brown and Rihanna, the wall-to-wall -wall umbrella, kiss-kiss performance in 2007. Funny thing is, the only performance that was talked about that year was the Britney Spears performance. And I know it wasn't a good performance, but that performance outshined the... <laughs> Chris Brown and Rihanna performance. No shade. Not saying it wasn't a, good, a bad performance. Christina, I mean Christina. Ooh. Um, ooh, okay. Chris Brown and Rihanna, they did a great job. That was, I remember that performance because that was the performance that basically they were flirting. You could tell there was something going on, but you couldn't confirm it. Um, I remember that. And that's before all that mess, um, the domestic violence mess went on, okay. Number 11 is Madonna, Britney Spears, Chris Angelera, and Missy Elliott, Like a Virgin, Hollywood, in 2003. Okay. Uh, okay, number 11 is cool. Um, Beyonce, yeah. And that was basically all the other people on the list. But these, okay, these here are some performances that stood out to me, performances that stood out to me over time. And I feel like should have been on the list. Beyonce's Crazy in Love performance in 2003. Hello. Beyonce's Single Ladies performance in 2009. That show, 2009 is probably one of the top five iconic um, MTV uh, award shows. Because that was the show in 2009. The 2009 show was the, the, the show where Kanye showed up with brown liquor, a brown liquor bottle, drinking it on the red carpet with Amber Rose, and got on stage and disrespected Taylor Swift for Beyonce. So if you remember that, you remember that night, that night was crazy. And that's also the same night that Little Mama jumped on the stage. It is. It's the same night that Little Mama jumped on the stage. And Beyonce tried to stop her. Wow, I didn't even realize that until I was talking about it right now. Oh my God. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Uh, yeah. 
continuing the things that did not make it on the list once again the beyonce uh, vanguard medley in 2014 should have been on the list uh tlc's no scrubs performance from the vmas in 1999 what the hell great performance i don't know why it wasn't on the list uh, once again, Little Kim, the brat, Missy Elliott, Left Eye, Angie Martinez, the Not Tonight performance in 1997. Also, uh, they left off Brandy and Monica, The Boy Is Mine. That's such an iconic performance from the 1998 VMAs. Allegedly, I don't know if it's true or not, but allegedly, Monica hit Brandy. She punched Brandy in the eye before they had to perform. I don't know if I believe that because watching the performance back... I'm like, you. did y'all really fight before y'all went on stage? Because there's no way. But I don't know. I don't know because a lot of people are saying when they watch it, you could tell Brandy's like singing with a lot of anger. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to feed into that because they squashed it and they get along with it. But it was a good performance. Should have been on the list. I don't know why it's not. And on um, last but not least, one for me, um, another one. I'm going to shout you out, girl, since nobody won. You know, everybody forgets you. Christina Aguilera. Um, she performed with Fred Durst. If I don't know if anybody remembers that, it was back in 2000. It was the 2000 show. Uh, she performed "Come On Over." She did like a, a "Come On Over" and another song, but she had Fred Durst come out from Limp Biscuit. If, if anybody remembers, I don't know if you guys remember, but back at that time, especially in 2000, Fred Durst was going around saying that he was messing around. You know, he he had some of Christina Aguilera, he had some of Britney Spears. You know, he was he, one of them guys. You know, going around saying, you know, oh, I had her, I had her, and. Christina did respond, you know, on her diary saying that it's not true. You know, he never got no nookie, you know, pun intended, because that was one of Limp Biscuit's like biggest records at the time. Um, well, even for them is nookie. But anyways, so I guess as a, um, a shock value moment, Christina decides to bring out Fred Durst in the middle of the performance and like have this, oh my God, is this really happening? Like they're supposed to hate each other, but they're on stage together performing together. But he said that, you know, they hooked up and she said that he did not, you know, that they did not hook up, but now they're on stage together. Like she tried to, come to, 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 you know, to use that, uh, that drama, that, uh, you know, the hype. She tried to use that hype for it. Girl, they didn't even put you on the list. I'm the only one that remembered that. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> I'm just playing. Shout out to Christian Aguilera. I still love you, boo. But anyways, okay. So, moving on. Of The final story here is the 2022 MTV VMAs. Ugh, a recap. It happened this past weekend. We are now in the following week. But it happened this past weekend on Sunday. Um, <clears throat> I saw the show. Oh, I'm not even gonna lie. I watched some of the show. I watched up until Nicki Minaj did her acceptance speech for the Vanguard Award. So I watched, I watched, it, I watched an hour. It was about an hour. I watched an hour of the show, you know, and and that, and then I turned it off. Uh, as far as the red carpet, no standouts. The only person I will say that you know that served and did their thing was little Nas X as usual he's always that's the Aries in him he's always showing out as far as dressing he can dress I like the way he dresses um but other than that no no there was not there was there was no big names either where was JLo where's Madonna where's like there was nobody at the VMAs last night the only big like the only celebrities that had like 10 plus years in the game that was there was like LL Cool J, 
uh, Taylor Swift, Nicki Minaj, DJ Khaled. Like that that's all that I recognize that had some history already behind them. That had a, you know, a, a, you know, that had some, you know, music that had hits behind them. You know what I'm saying? Like there was no no big name, no Beyonce, no Jay Z. They ne- they never go anywhere no more. But uh, no Rihanna, no. You know, I was expecting you know at least Drake or Lil Wayne because she's getting the Vanguard Award. They didn't even go. So it was really like the Nicki Minaj <laughs> MTV VMAs. If you want me to be honest with you, um, which is not a bad thing. I enjoyed every second of it. I loved it. Um, okay, so uh, best performance of the night. And it's not because I love her, but no coincidence, but it was Nicki Minaj's performance of the Vanguard Award. And I see a lot of people coming for her as far as, you know, her performance outfit. What you guys have to understand, it's it's a brand. She she made Barbie a brand. It's a brand thing. So if you notice that the set of her performance was a dollhouse. It was a big ass dollhouse and it was pink and that's why she had the, you know, the, the people call it an ice, ice skater outfit on that she had. It had like, you know, rhinestones and sequin on the top with a little, you know, skirt, you know, flowy skirt. And, and she had some some boots on, you know, to get help her get around. I thought she did phenomenal. thought she did great. There's not a lot of rappers that can rap without the backing track. And, and 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 I appreciate that, and 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 I and I love that. I love seeing rappers that can just go out there and and rap what they wrote <laughs> off the top of their head instead of having to have like a, like a singer, you know, a backing track to help them sound better or you know to put you know the words that they're missing. You didn't get that with Nicki Minaj last night. You didn't get that. I mean, oh, last night. I'm sorry. Um, this past weekend, uh, on Sunday, you didn't get that with Nicki Minaj. She gave you a from the beginning to end of her set. There was no no there was no tr- backing tracks. You know, all words were being spitted from her mouth verbatim. So she sounded great. She sounded phenomenal. Breath control was amazing. She was doing the damn thing. Um, I really it it made me realize, damn, you know, Nicki Minaj has that many hits. Like that's that's really what that performance did to me. I was like, damn, you know, and and of course you 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 reflect because you know she's a part of the sound soundtrack of you know to my life to many people's lives. So I'm sure everybody while they were watching the performance was reminiscing on when they first heard the song or where they were at or who they were with. You know, just it was a lot of um, seeing her perform brought up a lot of good memories, a lot of. Uh, a nostalgia, a lot of, you know, oh, this is, you know, for me, I I first learned about Nicki Minaj in 2008. And she was on the remix with Yo Gotti, the five star chick remix. That's how I discovered Nicki Minaj. And hearing that one verse, that one verse she had on five star chick, I was hooked. I was like, who is this girl? Like and 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 this and the sad part about it is I didn't even there there was like I didn't even know who you know there was no 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 body of work there was no like uh, you know this was like somebody fresh new nobody does that to me you know right now no none of none of the female rappers now are do that to me 
where they they spit and I can just be like, damn, you know, who is that? Who, who, you know, who is that? You know, just just off of the, you know, one verse from a song that Nicki Minaj did that to me. That one verse in that song made me a fan. I literally was like, I need to find, I need to find music. I need to, and then I found out she had mixtapes. She didn't even have an album out. She had mixtapes at the time. And, and then I was put on to, uh, after Five Star Chick, you know, I got on my computer and I'm just looking for anything. Anything, Nicki Minaj, any, any type of songs. Da, da, da. And then that's when I got put on to mixtapes of hers. Uh, Be Me Up Scotty, Love, and Playtime is Over. Oh my God. Mixtape Nicki is superior. Love her. You know, love that, that Nicki Minaj. I mean, I love all Nicki Minaj, you know, versions of Nicki Minaj. But that, that mixtape Nicki is hungry. You can hear the hunger. And and I miss that. Uh, well, not not saying you don't hear it now, but um, I just yeah, that performance, her performance, just really just it reminded me why I'm a Nicki Minaj fan, um, why she's so great, why she's been in the industry for twelve plus years, going strong, why she, you know, why she's she's dominated her avenue, like it, you know, it just solidified that. She's a star, and you guys, nobody can take that away from her. You know, she did, she's an icon. She did what she had to do, you know? And, yeah, that performance definitely showed that. Like, she did her damn thing. Um, I didn't really see all the performances, but I did see Lizzo. I don't have a problem with Lizzo. Never did have a problem with Lizzo. Um... Her music is just not for me. That's all I'm going to say. Like, her artistry, all of it is just not for me. That's what I'm going to say. Because when she was performing at the VMAs, I didn't really care for the song. She was performing live. I'm like, this is the song you choose to perform live. And then on top of that, the performance didn't do anything for me. Like, the backdrop, the, the you know, the, the expensive-ass... Uh, pop-up backup string that she had you know where it showed you multiple Lizzo's and all that stuff Beyonce did that Beyonce did that back in 2011 she did that at the Billboard more the, the, uh, the Billboard Awards in 2011 when she was premiering Run the World Girls and she had that backdrop where there was like multiple Beyonce's but you know but like I said, you know, if you follow my Instagram page, the Cheston Podcast, if you follow my Instagram page, I basically said it on there. Once Beyonce does it, that's it. <laughs> that's it. You shouldn't even try to do it. That's it. Because it's always going to be referenced back to her. Like, oh, okay, Beyonce did it. And that's exactly what I did when I saw her performance. It's like, oh, Beyonce did this. And Beyonce, you know, Lizzo, just it was not a performance for me. So if you're a fan for her, you know she did her, her, you know she did her thing. Her outfit was cute, but it just I was not moved by that performance. Blackpink saw them too, was not sorry saw them too, was not moved. Nothing against them, it just was not for me, you know. But you know they were doing their thing, you know they won their MTV awards, they did their thing last night, you know. I mean not last night, sorry Sunday night, and then. Um, Bad Bunny, he performed and he kissed his male dancer and female. I've seen that so many times. Y'all need to come up with something else, okay? Like, I'm Bad Bunny, you chose that. Like, Madonna did it, Little Nas X did it, and now you want to do it? 
go back to the drawing board. You could have you could have got something else as your shocking value moment. Your, you know your shocking you know your your shock value moment from your performance. You could you could have done something else. You didn't have to do all that. You know, same sex kisses are not shocking no more. I, I hate to break you know news flash to people out there. Same sex kissing, <laughs> especially at award shows, is nothing new. It's nothing. It's gotten so old. It, it's so stale. Okay, and the story has ran dry with me. So I'm sorry. You need to, you know, find something else you can do as a shock value moment or a moment to pop out other than kissing the same sex because it's not shocking no more it's not i'm sorry i just wanted to say that but and and this is and i have no problem with bad money i love bad money i think he's dope i think he can dress i like his personality i like his individuality i like his just who he is and how he carries himself so i just feel like he didn't have to do all that he didn't have to kiss a boy and a girl to you know shock us in a performance he could have did that with just being himself like or or doing something else like he didn't have to do that and then um, a big a major a major 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 thing uh that happened at the vmas was when taylor swift uh, accepted her award and she announced that um she will be having a new album out titled midnights on october 21st and this will be her 10th studio album Nobody works like Taylor Swift works, okay? That girl is, okay, a writing songwriting machine. I'm not shocked that she has another album coming out. And based on the likes, because she, she posted that on her uh, her Instagram, and to date, it already has, the post already has over 7 million likes. Like, so, yeah. When October comes, October 21st comes, we know that Taylor Swift is going to be all over the hot 100 with all these songs because obviously there's a demand for her um if you're getting seven over seven million likes for the you know an announcement of an album that's like crazy but uh, i'm not shocked that's taylor swift that's her fan base that's what it is <laughs> okay and um billboard actually ranked the best performances of the night and they uh, ranked it as, uh, of course, Nicki Minaj was number one. Her performance, her medley, her Vanguard medley. Uh, number two was Blackpink's performance. And number three was Anita's performance. I did not get to catch Anita's performance. But the reason for that, I have a backstory to that. The reason why I did not watch her performance is because I actually, I've seen Anita live. Was not by choice. She happened to be, um, well, it was by choice. Okay, I take that back. It was by choice because I wanted to go to the event, but she happened to be one of the live performers of the event. And I, I seen, you know, she did the same thing. I saw clips of the performance that she did at the VMAs, and she did the same thing that I see when I saw her in person. I have nothing against Anita. Um, cool girl. She seems like she's sweet. Seems like she's funny, but... Uh, I, I I just was not moved by her performance when I seen her live. So based on that, I did not watch her performance. I'm sorry, um, but I heard that she did a good job. She looked good from the pictures I saw. I posted it on my page. Um, but overall, uh, these VMAs, the 2022 VMAs, you know, even though Nikki did her thing and killed it, it was still missing something. I hate to say that. It was still missing something like, you know, 
I, I posted this on my Instagram page. If you follow me on my Instagram, that's like where I, I post regularly. All you know, basically on my Instagram, I post. I don't post all the stories I'm going to be talking about on my podcast um, for that week, but I post um, like the most uh, the stories that pop out to me, and uh, you know I write like a little article with it. Uh, if you you know read my post on Instagram, and I write like a little article of um, you know like a review or recap or whatever. And I did uh, did do a recap of the twenty two of, of the twenty twenty two Video Music Awards on my Instagram page, the Cheston Podcast. And on my page, I did um, I mean on, in the article I posted about the the VMAs, I did write that I did see a tweet on Twitter. Hold on one moment, let me pull it up so I can make sure I'm saying this right. I don't want to misword anything. Hold on. What's going on? Okay, so my phone is tripping. Okay, hold on. It's not okay. It's not no more. Hold on. <laughs> it's working. Hold on. I'm sorry. I know everybody's like, "What are you doing?" Okay. All right. So, like I said, I saw a tweet on Twitter because you know I'm active on Twitter too. Oh, my Twitter page. Hold on. My podcast Twitter page. The the name of it is it is under the Cheston Pod so that's T H E C H E S T O N P O D that is my Twitter username if you want to follow me on Twitter and basically i was just saying on my Instagram the article i wrote on Instagram <clears throat> my Instagram page um basically i said that i seen a, t- a tweet on Twitter saying um fuck pop culture really died and i have to agree with that after watching um, the 2022 MTV VMAs, I definitely agree with that. Pop culture has died. There are no real celebrities anymore. There are no, you know, like I said in my, um, my article, I said authentic talent, work ethic, and craft development has all gone out the window because of social media and chart manipulation. And that's true. Artists don't work um, on their craft and their development like they used to. And that's what I kind of miss. I miss the old school way of if you wanted to be famous or if you wanted to get into the industry, you know, the entertainment industry, they would make you take classes. They would make you take speaking classes. They would make you, you know, they would like prepare you for what's coming at you. We're in a day and age where... Because of social media and the, you know, people like, in my opinion, I feel like people only get likes the more crazier and the more not norm you act, you will get more of a following because you're doing something out of the norm. So, hence why, you know, we don't have, uh, what did I say? Hence why we don't have, sorry, um, hence why we don't have work ethic or craft development, which is crazy to me (laughs) because, you know, I'm used to artists that I've grown up with. They get better over time because they keep working at what they're good at, you know, (laughs) You don't see that today, and I hate to say that with this, with these Gen Z. You don't see 
these acts or these performances, these performers taking classes or, you know, I mean, they could be, they could be, I don't know. But from what I've seen and what, what, you know, from the acts I've seen today, perfect example, I'm not trying to, this is probably going to be on my next podcast, but just to give you a little, you know, a perfect example of what I'm talking about, Olivia Rodrigo, she recently got on stage and performed with, um, The guy that sings We Didn't Start the Fire. Billy, uh. Hold on. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning in the world. Was turning. Hold on. We didn't start the fire. Billy Joel! Billy Joel! That's his name, right? Yes! Okay. Billy Joel. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to look at it on my phone. Okay. Billy Joel. I knew, I knew, I knew the face. I just did not know the name. You know, I know, I know my people. I know my pop score. You know, I know my pop stars, my rock stars, my musicians. I know all of them. I may not, you know, at the moment, I did not know. I knew his song. I knew his music. I knew the face. I just did not know the whole name. But anyways, Olivia Rodrigo. Rodriguez. Oh my God, Justin. Olivia Rodrigo. She recently, um, like, popped up at Billy Joe's concert in uh, New York, and. A lot of the people have been saying, I didn't really watch the video. I didn't have time. I was just scrolling, but I was seeing in the comments, a lot of people were saying, you know, get this girl some vocal training. Get this girl some vocal lessons. She's singing off key on the record. I'm going to have to watch that clip again. But that ties into, girl, you're about to put out your second CD and you're performing live singing off key. Why are we not in vocal training classes? Why are we not, you know, perfecting what we did on the first album so we can get ready for, you know, the following, the next, you know, few years down the line? I don't know. I don't know. But that's all I'm saying. I don't feel like we have any real celebrities. All we have is social media influencers that are famous. That are we now? Sorry, excuse me. That are, that we are now calling celebrities, but I just it'd be interesting to see what the MTV VMAs will be like, like what it's going to be like in ten years. I really want to see what it's going to be like in ten years. Like who's going to be running the game? Like who's going to be you know who's going to have that. You know, who's going to be the Beyonce? Who's going to be the the Rihanna? Who's going to be the Nikki? Like, who is it still going to be them? Ten for <laughs> Anyways, okay, that's the end of this episode of Cheston's podcast, the Cheston podcast. Um, you can definitely catch me on all social media. Just look up the um, the Cheston podcast, and it'll it'll pop up Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, um, and this is the end of this episode, so please, um, every Monday, we will upload a new episode up onto the um, listening, wherever you listen to uh, podcasts, we'll be uploading a new episode every Monday, so Mondays... Um, are when we will be uploading episodes and the episode will be for the week the previous week to the current week so as you can see 
Right now, I'm recording this episode, and it's uh, Monday, August 29th. So this was for the week of August 22nd to August 28th. So it's going to be the previous week um, every Monday. Okay? All right, you guys. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Be good to each other. Um, Yeah. And let's... I'll, I'll see you back here same time next week. All right. Peace out.